It's Saturday night, and it's Back to Earth Part 2 discussion night. <laughs> okay, take it away, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ian Symes, and I run a Red Dwarf fan site, not a Blade Runner fan site. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Caps, and I really don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Donna Stevenson, and that was genuinely a head fuck. I'm Tanya Jones, and yeah, I don't know what to say either. I'm Sir Patrick, and I thought that was an absolutely fucking wonderful piece of satire on television that happened to be about Red Dwarf, but it wasn't an episode of Red Dwarf. Um, I'm John Hoare, and I liked that better than last night's, but I've got very serious reservations. Joining us... As well as the same guests as yesterday, Joe, Tom, and Carl, plus Northern Metal Monkey, Mark Day. <laughs> so. <laughs> Speak out! What will we say about that then? Uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, a sort of recap that filled in a few blanks and there was extra shots and extra dialogue. I quite liked that. I it thought that was, was quite well yeah. done. Oh, right. um, that was good. Because it, it enabled part one to quickly get to the cliffhanger point and it was, you know, it let you it let you settle back into where part one had left it off while, you know, fleshing out the scene a bit more. Yeah. Weird, but I thought it worked. Yeah, it's it like the old serials, isn't it? You know, where they add footage into the cliffhanger when they resolve it. And yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit like old Doctor Who. It's also a, a good way of getting either a fan edit or an official edit on the DVD of the <laughs> ultimate back to earth. Yeah, you can just stitch it together. Yeah. Uh, then they turned up flying through tellies in John Lewis. And John, John Glover was in it, and I love John Glover. Who, who was he? Uh, he was the customer who uh, was being shown around. Yeah. Who is he? Mr Chumley Warner. Oh, oh, oh yes, right. that's one they, for re-watching. There you go, yeah. 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 Um, I have to say, uh, well, that's the actual bits with them flying through the telly. I didn't think were amazingly done. The stuff in, with the stuff going on on the TVs in the background, which which we clocked last night when we were painstakingly <laughs> frame by frame going through the opening title sequence. We spotted Lister crashing on the table and the same thing going on in the background. But I thought the actual, you know, Crichton flying through was a little bit. Dodgy. It was a bit weird because it was like one of them sort of comedy, like sort of airplane type shots where the camera's constantly following Crichton across the floor and then the, the camera goes too far and then pulls back and you see Crichton <laughs> yeah. slamming it was a shelf. I might need to see that a few times to know if I'm really like that or not. I think it was a nice weird. attempt that didn't quite come off. Mm. But then we got to a bit where there was so much laughter in the room that we couldn't hear half the dialogue. We were drowning right out of the dialogue. Which is a good thing, uh, which was the size scan bit. That's the only bit of the special so far that I have really, really fucking laughed at, but it was great. But that was the first bit of, that was bang, you're in satire territory. That was Red Dwarf satirising itself. Uh, and maybe a little unsubtly, but... Um, but it just wasn't... It, none of the jokes... Maybe a couple, but none of the jokes in this episode were red dwarf jokes. I at all. I don't necessarily Which mind that as long as they're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But sometimes they were they were great. But when when you get in, you know, when there's a couple of jokes that you don't like, and then you add on top of that the fact that it's it's not, you know, it just doesn't feel like red dwarf. It feels like I don't know. I I, I would taste or something. Which I, it, it, it just. Bothers me. Which actually comes back to the um, bit crap joke yesterday, which is a very Father Ted joke. There's a yeah. lot of different mm. things going on in terms of style of humour in these uh, specials. Which is why I'm a bit befuddled. Um, I would also say that the size scan moment would be better with the studio audience. 
Yeah, I really do think that. Mm. The studio audience <laughs> in the location. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, shown, yes, shown but audience, shown to yeah. an audience with, yeah. Um, the thing is, I mean, it not being a Red Dwarf kind of joke, well, it sort of ties into a point that I was kind of going to make a bit later, but I might as well say it now, uh, which is we've approached this from an angle of, as far as we're concerned, this is new Red Dwarf. This is new episodes of the same show. And I just wonder if we should have been looking at it as this is a programme called Red Dwarf Back to Earth and it's a programme about Red Dwarf. Not It's not a continuation of Red Dwarf. It's a programme that Dave have made as a sort of a celebration of Red Dwarf it's been called Red Dwarf a, Back to Earth. But what, what has it been disguised or have we just always interpreted it that way? That, and by we, I don't just mean us. I mean the media and everything. It's just Dave are making something new with Red Dwarf, with the people in character. It means it's new episodes of Red Dwarf. Think, have we got the wrong end of the stick? I, or? That, I think that that's first, pretty spot on. But that first episode is very deliberately trying to recreate some of the classic Red Dwarf vibe. Yeah. Yeah. But then which you look at... Which is your entrance into the show. But you then look at that episode as something... Well, I say... I, you look at it as something that's being framed by the overall story. Framed is maybe not the right word because it doesn't open with something. But nevertheless, um, you know, that, that episode is... At, the first episode is a self-contained Red Dwarf story mm. that is part of a bigger narrative, which is a metafictional piece of satire that happens to have Red Dwarf as its subject. Although, you know, as a point that only Ian will make, was Red Dwarf enough of its subject uh, yes this is my problem <laughs> let's go and talk about Blade Runner <laughs> yeah. which uh, I meant us not the show but that could essentially be a subtitle for a part two uh, I absolutely loved the uh, in best Blade Runner tradition synopsis turning up within the fiction of the show that was incredibly good that's good however too much Blade Runner stuff yeah you um, could I mean, it's the occasional gag, the occasional subtle reference, but entire scenes. Mm. I think if you kept the, the strand w- of uh, the cat with the the thing, cat but with the, the little pipe things was yeah, good. the cat that was a nice but, but even like the plot seems to be intrinsically linked with Blade Runner. I'll admit at this point, I've only watched half of Blade Runner because <laughs> we watched half of Blade Runner this morning. <laughs> and that's the only reason you would have got most of those references. Yeah, yeah. Is that the first time we've seen The question is um, how much of it is a homage and how much of it is a rip and we won't know till we get to the last episode what they're doing I don't really care uh, one way or the other whether it's a homage or a rip my problem is that I want the 25 minutes of Red Dwarf to be I I wanted more Red Dwarf metafiction and not Blade Runner metafiction is my problem I loved the stuff with um, Jeremy Street even though he he himself is a bit of a poor man, Mark Benton. And Mark Benton. <laughs> <laughs> I, loved, I loved his stuff, and I loved you know the DVD humour, mm. even though one of the scenes was a bit too on the nose. But all the and the Kachansky stuff, which we'll get onto, I thought that was great. But there were also big chunks where they were doing gags about Blade Runner, and yeah, I just yeah, yeah. I want gags to be about Red Dwarf. In, uh, it, it was that one scene really. It, it was the Nose World scene that was just basically it was a dialogue clone of a scene. It was a a Simpsons or a Family Guy esque, mm, you know, yeah. referencing. To, and it's like in terms of the plot of the episode, if you hadn't seen Blade Runner, you'd just think, oh, that's a bit weird. It's not like it relies on noise, but the joke, the entire joke yeah. of that entire scene is 
that you know like when he goes when they take the coat off him for different reasons or when they say questions and answers it's just like if you haven't seen Blade Runner you know I, I liked that because I've seen Blade Runner but yeah and it's I think, too close I actually think the the entire premise is completely wasted if the person watching hasn't seen Blade Runner which is a massive problem I wouldn't I, go that far I would entire definitely premise. go that far mm. I, just, the entire premise of, of like entire scenes it, it, those, it serves no other purpose um, recreating entire scenes than to, to, to I don't know to, to reference like, reference the, the, the films of people who've seen it rather it's not actually taking anything and doing something new and it's yeah, more yeah. Blue Harvest than yeah <laughs> I see what you mean by that dangerous days I also have severe issues with the speed in which the meta stuff was delivered yeah. to us. And accepted. it's like, yeah, between in like thirty seconds, we've gone from nothing to here we are. Yeah, and it's, it's the same with the Katarina. It is too fast. It's far, far, far too fast. I think that's a general point about the episodes. Yeah. I think um, we can't we can't blame Dave and GMP for only having X amount of time to work in because yeah. budgetary concerns and scheduling concerns and so on. What I think we can accuse Doug of is trying to squeeze too much into the time frame he's been yeah. given. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's a, so far it's a great story, but we are rattling through it. And, and also, who, um, this is completely out of turn, I'm sorry, but who the fuck thought the Coronation Street stuff would be mainly in episode three? That's a surprise. I thought it was going to be the other way around. Blade Runner stuff episode three, and Corey episode two. Absolutely. But Corey would be the first thing they'd get to when they got to I Earth. thought so. Absolutely. Um, that was a surprise. Which is... Again, it's good that we don't know what was coming up. It's kind of quite nice that we didn't know what's mm. happening, but fucking hell, I didn't expect it. And also, um, I think the whole problem with all this meta stuff and wrestling through it is I'm just trying to figure myself as a casual viewer, and I think I'd be totally mm. amused by what was going on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people who, you know, for people that I work with who, you know, knew about Red Dwarf, you know, watched it, liked it, you know, weren't. Uh-huh. Mad fans, but but you know, really liked it. Um, I imagine they're gonna watch the specials and go, What was that? I actually disagree, and the reason I disagree is I think what is the thing they did a lot the meta stuff around in this episode, and it is a geek in a comic store Mm. that's identifiable to everyone. Yeah, it's a stereotype that's not even that necessarily true, but it's a stereotype everyone understands, and I think you've got that focal point that you can lock onto. The stuff about uh, picking apart the characters like Rimmo complaining why do people say that he's neurotic and the things people are saying about Crichton and the Sysgan, I think that's pretty, even a very flat basic, even if you've watched one episode of Red Dwarf, it's it's always referenced and all the gags that yeah. came about Red Dwarf being fictional <laughs> were, you know, pretty simple basic gags. It's the Blade Runner stuff that I think will baffle more casual viewers. Especially when you think, I was just thinking about this more, just to not to dwell on it too long, but that Nose World scene, I I liked that as a scene. If the the entire running length of the specials was like two hours, that was an alright scene. But think of the amount of running time that it took up. And then... Think about how the how the the progression of the plot of the specials would go if you chopped that entire scene out. If we went straight from the comic shop to him getting the numbers or whatever the details for people from Coronation Street and going straight to Coronation yeah, Street, yeah, yeah. what would we have lost from the Nothing. plot? I thought it was a nice little scene, but given how 
precious the running time is. We lost a lot of it on what was essentially one joke. It was there only, to hammer in the no, but the only mm. thing I'd say is that I do agree with you from what we're looking at. We don't know what's going to come up in the last episode that will reference it. We don't. But if there's more that's going to reference it, then, it then Ian's right. There's too much spent yeah, on Blade Runner. True, a little bit is nice, but... True. We know there is because we've seen in the opening credits them falling through the glass window after being <laughs> yes. shot. Yes, on, on the snow. Just, on the yes, fucking it snow. Is, yeah. Absolutely Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen the Tyrell Corporation building in the opening credits. And is it worth pointing out the one genuine headfuck moment of the specials, which is that magazine of Chloe? Well, I, want, I wanted to move on to that because I wanted to move on to it as in talking about positives about okay. it. Yeah. Because that There's scene... Let's do the Kachansky discussion. Yeah. Yeah, that that was brilliant. Um, was the good. conversation with the kids, that that was, you know... Okay, they were child actors, so they were a little over... You know, they were good but, for child actors. I yeah, I thought the... I thought it, uh, this is sounds stupid bearing on what we said I think the scene might have slightly gone on too long yeah, but I don't know whether that's mm. just because we're trying to compare to the pace of the rest of the episode yeah. I think the bit with the kids but the general stuff about Kachansky both the fact that it's now filled in the black that in series 9 she died yeah. plus the the magazine the Fuck you, I mean, that was Chloe and that, that was amazing and that was a real whoa mm, moment and it, it raises a lot of questions about whether she's what her involvement is in this whole thing because yeah. she'll have needed to give consent for yeah. her image rights to be yeah. used. And it sounded to me like Lister was formulating a I'm going to try and find her. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really can did. I just bring in a comment from uh, GMT at this point? <laughs> An interesting point raised by Carl of all people. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't even got a laptop. So. <laughs> Does anyone else think Lister is going to be left behind on Earth to try his luck with Chloe Nett? That this three-parter is designed to write him out due to Curry commitments, and when the status quo is restored at the end of the episode, it will be the new status quo of the crew minus Listy in preparation for a new series. No, no, I don't no. Think that's no. <laughs> Red Dwarf is not Red Dwarf for that Lister, and Coronation Street does not is not a twenty-four-seven schedule. No, However, I do and he's not a major character in Cory. <laughs> I do wonder true. if Chloe uh, or Kachansky is now going to show up. At the end of yeah, the yeah, actual yeah, episode yeah, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. on board Red Dwarf in the universe that we know, yeah, yeah, yeah. saving them from some kind of despair squid in the way that Holly did in Back to Reality, and she's the one that brings mm, them out. Yeah, of this. yeah. that is yeah. a very good point. I think that would be a nice ending. Yeah. Because at the moment there's no Holly there mm. to bring them out it's of it. If it is an hallucination, yeah. also. <laughs> Uh, can we have a quick discussion of what the fuck happened with Rimmer killing Katarina? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't like that. That for me, really and that. for all the Blade Runner stuff, that's the negative point of the episode for me. Partly, okay, I mean, I thought there was a good gag in the justifying killing holograms because it's not killing some Final destination moment, let's Yeah, say. it was a bit, yeah. Mm. That was almost probably a deliberate homage, although it's been done yeah, quite yeah, a lot yeah, by a yeah, lot of yeah. people since. And at least you but, don't have to have see yeah. Final Destination to get it. Uh, I found that very uncomfortable because um, it just... it. Well, it depends if it's the last if we've seen of it. If that's the way of getting rid of Katarina, mm-hmm. it's fucking hilarious. lazy. I think it's hilarious in its bluntness. No, but, yes. but, but, but yeah. she's a hologram, isn't yes. she? Yeah. Isn't she a hologram? Yeah, but her light beam, yeah, but can, her be light beam can be damaged. Yeah, this is true. The, uh, Doug's novels established this. And actually, want to make a quick point yeah. about Doug's novels. Starfleet? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get us totally off the top we were talking about, but just as a quick one. It was one. mentioned in the intro was, and then yeah. again on the bus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it, as far as Doug's concerned, hard light holograms can still have their light be damaged, which I'm perfectly happy with because you don't want indestructible characters running around because what? then you can't have a sense of jeopardy. What's that stuff like, though? 
What about soft light holograms? Are they instructable? Likewise, yes, because uh, I think it's backwards that does... Um, he can use the small physical presence that he has. In, in that rim of soft light oh. and he uses his light beat, he could have used his light beat to press the buttons on the thing. And in Meltdown, of course, you do have a yes. small physical yes. presence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is a yeah. joke. Um, but Katarina, um, why why go to all the trouble of introducing her and setting her up and putting her in the publicity and then just suddenly... I... I don't think we've seen the last of her. I don't. I wouldn't mind if we had. I get the feeling, I mean, we're, I think we have a general shared theory. I don't know if we talked about it in the cast yesterday. Briefly, but... Yeah, we've got a shared theory, given the fact that when they came out, when the thing, they came out the tank and Rimmer had the gunk from the thing, that there is some kind of hallucination situation going on. I think there's also a bit of a consensus that... I don't think there's a hallucination situation. I think it's some sort of... Uh, Brainwashing. I don't think Katarina's real. Yes, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's the general point, yeah. and that's why I think she's going to keep turning. Even though he's killed her now, she's going to keep turning up. And to me, that's the only thing that's going to justify I, that. So I, I do not want another back in the road part three. I don't want another. Whether it's brainwashing, whether it's hallucination, yeah. I'm not interested. But I, but I, there is the possibility of her oh, no. being a fictional construct, but everything else being, being real. Yeah, and yeah. I don't see a problem with that true, because that's true. slightly new that's territory. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's, um, that's true. them being driven into a situation that really. Exists. Exists yeah. by virtue of or whatever. Going back to that, general, the, the the conversation in the comic shop. My favourite line was um, when they all in unison said, "No, it's stuff." This comes back to but this comes back to an essential problem I've got, which is I'm still not feeling the comedy on a line by line basis, and I don't want to. Blame it on a lack of laugh track because, um, as I said, I didn't say this in the cast yesterday. My favourite new show is Skins, and I laugh at her a lot. I like that shit, but it's not. But it's not. I, I, you know, the point is, I don't need a laugh track to laugh. It is not mm. as simple as that. My overall point is, I think with what Red Dawn's doing, and especially with the cast they've got. I think it really suits a laugh track. It's not a general thing about every show. It's about Red Dwarf. The gag rate is definitely less than it is designed to be. Mm. It's, it's hit and miss. I, um, I, I, there are gags that work. Yeah. Uh, ignoring the gags, that if you completely take out the meta gags, because for me, the actual, the pure meta gags and the satire have been the best thing. Whether or not you agree with what they're doing, it's been the best thing about the show. Mm. The things that have made me laugh the most have been when they've done something meta. Yeah. The actual dialogue-based gags, yeah. some of them have been all right, but there have been some clunkers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A few of the John Lewis gags, there, were, there was a Crichton line, I don't even remember it, and I thought it was oh. like Minga Monthly in episode one. Yeah. It was a line, and it well, well Crichton oh, did his voice. We knew we were going to get it at some point. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't care about that as much as some of you, but my, my my problem is I am really really intrigued as to what happens next because the mess stuff is interesting me. I seriously worry about its rewatch value based on what we've seen. Mm. Very very much. I think once we find the end of episode three, then am I going to want to? How Go back and rewatch this, and I'm not sure I am. I mean, it's very, very important. Just from a from a point of view of talking about the meta stuff, um, I've I've talked about it on the site, but um, I'm a big fan of a lot of examples of meta fiction. If I think about, for example, Grant Morrison's Animal Man run, and again, you know, that loses the impact once you've read it through once, and you know what happens with the creator showing up at the end and having the conversation and ending the run, and so on and so forth. Um, but it's an experience that when you read it for the first time in its original format, whether it being an original published monthly format or an original broadcast on TV format, there's nothing hugely wrong with it being of the moment, so long as we're going to get more of it, I suppose, with Dwarf. See, I, I've had this argument before. I, for a start, I've rewatched Red Dwarf so much mm. that it's 
automatically got a rewatch value. I find, and this is to be fair, different than a lot of people find. I find comedy inherently has a rewatch value. A lot of people don't find that. A lot of people think once you've heard the gag, that's it. Um, TV burp, I find, has an inherent rewatch value mm. to it. So many people seem to think it is a um, disposable telly. I don't think that. Take an episode of TV burp from two thousand and one. They set up the joke. I could rewatch episodes from two thousand and one all the time. Mm. I really worry that this doesn't because. I find comedy has a rewatch value. I don't necessarily find plot always has a rewatch value. And that's what I really worry about with these episodes. I think there's comedy think, in this that's based in the performances that's yeah. like particularly think, from Chris that's I mean rewatching episode one I am pretty sure there's gonna have loads of rewatch value, whether it's actually gonna well, improve, but it, there's so many details. This is the interesting thing though, because I'm a lot more positive about this episode than episode one. After episode one I was like, Oh for fuck's sake, I'm gonna hate this whole weekend. Not you lot, but the episodes, yeah. I thought I was going to hate it. And this episode, I've got very serious reservations about the whole thing, but I did enjoy it more. Yeah. A lot more. It was very, very interesting, but I really can't work out whether it was good Red Dwarf. <laughs> but I don't care if it's good Red Dwarf. I care about whether it's good oh, telly. I, well... It's whether it's good telly. It's this is the, the whole thing that comes back. No, no, it isn't. I I want good telly. It's, it's the thing about Series 8. I don't think Series 8 is good telly. And I certainly don't think it's good Red Dwarf, but I still enjoy it more than, say, Series 7, because I will laugh at it more. And yes, all right, I don't think Series 8 is particularly good Red Dwarf, but I laugh at it. It's all about whether it's good telly. I don't really care about whether it's good Red Dwarf, per se. I really don't. See, I yeah, I yeah. think that, I think this was great telly. I'd, almost the, the only problem that I have with it is it not being great Red Dwarf. <laughs> uh, and that's why I talk about, are we approaching this from the wrong angle? But as a piece of television, other than some pacing issues... We can't not but judge it as, as you know an episode of Red Dwarf. But, but I mean, obviously, we, we can we can we, we can distinguish between you know what some uh, you know part of the show that was good TV and but possibly not good Red Dwarf. I, mean, I guess it makes it more interesting. But there's no, there's and a seven and eight were just bad TV. There, yeah, Red exactly. <laughs> there is a distinguishing thing here. Um, whether something's good Red Dwarf or bad Red Dwarf, I find irrelevant. Whether something's good television or bad television, I find irrelevant. But there is a distinguishing thing, and admittedly it's quite specific, in that I don't necessarily think Red Dwarf, Telly Red Dwarf, suits not having an audience. But that means because of that, I think it's bad telly. I know it's quite subtle, but but do you see what I mean? There is it a makes way the of two more inextricably linked. Do you know? I know, but do you know what I'm trying to say? That, mm. that, that it, it there is a subtle section. Come back to me in five minutes. But that I think I mean I I suspected that this would be the case, um, and I think where I think as the specials are going on, they're edging towards something that is less suited to laughter. There's, particularly in the first half of that, it was still. You know, you would have had a bit more in the way of like the audience yeah, laughing yeah, at yeah. some of the discovery of the situation. By the time you got to the second half of the episode and the stuff on the bus, I mean, let's face it: if you're doing an audience sitcom and you have two minutes without any, I, I know what you said yesterday about yeah. uh, you know it's not like classic sitcoms couldn't do scenes yeah. that that weren't funny. Yeah. But that Kachansky scene on the bus, there wouldn't have been laughter throughout that. Well, maybe the odd bit, but no. that would have seemed incongruous yeah. if you had people laughing at the other bits. I'm, I'm not saying that's a justification for the whole thing. I, I, not I having think, laughter. I think you can have long sections yeah. without laughter because it, really it enhances the the actual mood of the scene the because you've got the you've got the um, contrast between you know the audience laughing at it. And it's yeah, just, it is interesting definitely. hearing how, especially in some older sitcoms, how subtle the laugh track is allowed to be. Yeah. 
side hasn't got laughed at over every single joke. Neither is Red Dwarf Series 1. No, <laughs> neither is Red Dwarf Series 1, and it doesn't necessarily feel odd, apart from uh, Iguana. <laughs> O-R-B-I-T. But you are allowed a subtle laugh track. Laugh tracks do not have to be ah! over every single thing. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that kind of seemed clear to me, if you think about a laugh track, is if you think about the scene where they do the zooms on everything to get a really convoluted way to get to the back of a car. That was the... Oh, my, listen, <laughs> think about that. If you put that laugh track, if you had a laugh track on that, that wouldn't make sense if you had it from the beginning because that would be a laugh of um, familiarity. You'd laugh at the fact that you recognise what it is. It, it wouldn't it, make sense. But that took it to such thing. an extreme. That was a beautiful sequence. That was an absolutely beautiful sequence. It was an unusual joke. A very specific, unusual joke that I've not seen done before. And then Ticket, I really, really loved that. Mm, it was fantastic. Yeah, that, I thought that was one of the best fantastic. bits. Fantastic. And this is actually the problem I've got with um, the show, that I don't think the line-by-line-by-line dialogue or jokes work in the slightest. But there are a couple of big laughs. I don't think maybe the couple of big laughs make up for the lack of line-by-line-by-line by line by line jokes is my problem. And, you know, I've been quite positive about some aspects of this show, but I don't think it's especially great. I, I'm just positive compared to yesterday's. Well, <laughs> actually, no, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a comment. Do you want to mention this comment here? Yeah, well, it's interesting because the... we've got a comment here from John's man who basically says, is there any origami in Blade Runner? Yeah. Right? These scenes, if yeah. you've never seen Blade Runner... These little cutaways of Cat with these little things just wouldn't make fucking sense to anyone. They're going to be intriguing you. It'd be intriguing you, but would intriguing you if someone else is intrigued. (laughs) Anyway, I'm I'm not going to attack personally, but saying that if you don't like it, don't watch it. Now, on a Red Dwarf fan (laughs) side, do you think this is ever an option? (laughs) No, I mean, there there was somebody who said it wasn't on our site. It was somewhere else. I read a comment that said, um, "I couldn't wait for it to end." Now, if you're in that situation, <laughs> you shouldn't be watching it. Simple as that. It's like, no, just just turn it. You yeah. should never be waiting for a TV show to end. You're not stuck there. No one's forcing you. However, we are all Red Dwarf fans, and even if we are Red Dwarf fans who don't like what we're watching, as with Series 7 and 8, we're invested in it enough that we want to watch it because we want it to be good, and we want to like it, and we have the hope from what we know previously that there'll be something that we'll like. So, no, I don't think stop watching it if you're not enjoying it is a valid argument on a fan site for fans at all. Just on the general reaction, uh, the poll results so far, uh, 57% have gone for 5 star. Bloody hell, how many It's not 5 star, it's 5 brands. Uh, uh, 21. 21. <laughs> but that's still, that's a higher but proportion that absolutely vote? love it than in this room. Are they voting yeah. for breasts or for... <laughs> <laughs> they might just like the breasts. Yeah. They're all 5 breasts. Yesterday it was, a 4 and 5 were basically switched. Mm. The amount of votes yeah. at the moment, um, which is really interesting. It's like as soon as the episode, you know, an episode comes along that's doing really sort of daring stuff and stuff that could pull, you know, polarize people the most, and everyone's rallying behind it. Especially when you consider uh, Doug Naylor saying uh, when he spoke exclusively to GNT, he said <laughs> uh, that he's confident that everyone's going to hate him on Saturday night, yeah. but hopefully love him by Sunday. At the moment, I've had a really negative reaction to this, but not for the reason. No, they I, th- thought it I think he thinks the reason is because of the meta stuff and them being in the real world. When in fact, I don't think any of us have a problem with that because no, no. that's been done well. The it's the blade stuff that you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had. Um, I think the problem with what I've seen tonight is 
And I said before about how um, I'm interested in how the plot resolves, and that's why I'm interested in the episodes, but I'm not sure it's got much rewatch value. My other issue is look at episode one and then look at episode two. I've not been convinced that Red Dwarf could go forward from here, and I'm just talking about myself, <laughs> forward from here in a way I would like. Um, if you see what I mean. I, in, okay. I think other people fail differently. For, for me, the stuff, the normal dwarfy stuff, is the stuff I haven't liked, and then mm. the weird shit. I'm yeah. Like, All right, that's interesting. If you were saying I don't feel dwarf can go forward from here, uh, <laughs> that's clearly you know there's all, all sorts of things you can do. Not least doing the mythical non-existent series nine and ten. <laughs> uh, no, but no, in a way that you like. Yeah. I mean, that's a personal reaction yeah. to it, and you know, um, there's wrong. no changing that. Really. But you know, yeah. No, it doesn't but... mean you're wrong. It's it's a personal reaction to it. Yeah, it's yeah, what yeah. you expect and want and... from the show. I would never have expected years ago for Red Dwarf to do something this meta and satirical. Mm. I happen to like it. I know that a lot of people won't. But they can't. The, the problem is, of course, they can't keep doing that, mm. and that's my worry. That the stuff I like is the stuff they can't keep doing. Mm. Um, now that's stupid because you could well argue, well, I'll put something new in next time that I like, and maybe that'll happen. But but the first episode really worries me in terms of dwarf I will like in the future if they carry on in that direction. I think if they do a series, though, I think it's going to be completely different from these three episodes in mm. the same Possibly. way that these three episodes are very different mm. from yeah. everything that came before this, this, this is kind of why what I said about Seb's point about this isn't this isn't series 9 of Red Dwarf this is Red <laughs> Dwarf Back to Earth mm. the next series that comes along if there is one might well go back to you know following on in the same traditions as the old one this is a sort of a separate beast it is weirdly a celebration yeah. Of the show. Which Alan's is the original Genesis. Genesis of the show. Yeah. But again, comes back to what Ian said. Yeah. Why are they celebrating Blade Runner in equal measure? Which, yeah. Uh, and it because does feel like pretty much equal measure as well. Yeah. Even because the fact that it's the first shot is hard. He's got a fucking oh, massive yeah, Tyrell yeah. Corporation yeah. building it. In, in London, yeah. But I mean, when they have done stuff that is a commentary on Red Dwarf, yeah. I think they've done it brilliantly. Uh, yeah. I've loved it. All that humour has been spot yeah. on, and the stuff about science fiction is all of bollocks and all the rest <laughs> of it. Yeah, and the where's the time drive? Where's the uh, yeah? And that that, that was a Red Dwarf greatest <laughs> hit. And also the the sort of unseen adventures of season nine that mm. we didn't start. remember when the polymorph. Yeah. And also yeah. polymorph in the background of the shot on the yeah. monitor. But mm. you see, this is another thing that bugs me because the um, idea of you know oh, it's back in Red Dwarf. This is actually my problem with these specials in a nutshell, that I'm looking at them and saying a lot of work has gone into them, a lot of thought has gone into them. They are ostensibly pretty good, but I'm still not quite feeling it, and this is my main problem. Mm. I was going to say, the idea and the plot, to me, has been absolutely great. The execution, at times, hasn't always been first class and wonderful, but... I think the point somebody made earlier about perhaps coming at it from the wrong angle as a new piece of television celebrating Red Dwarf mm. rather than three new episodes of Red Dwarf itself is probably the angle that I'm carrying now and the angle I'm going to go into tomorrow night. And like with the laughter track, I, I'm actually wondering if having a laugh track would make it feel more like proper Red Dwarf. And so the fact that we haven't got a laughter track is actually helping making it feel more of an alien experience and a unique experience. Yeah. And confusing people and head-fucking people, but I'm quite liking that. Distancing is a very good word. I feel very, very distanced with these episodes in a way I never felt with Red Dwarf 1 to 6. 
I, I actually I, was, I feel the complete opposite. I, I actually think, I mean, out of all of us, I think I've been the most positive in the room. And I would agree with the point that in a lot of cases, the execution, in a lot of ways, the execution hasn't been perfect um, and some of the gags haven't been perfect. The reason why I feel like I've gone quite wholesale in for this is because I feel like Doug's on a similar wavelength to me <laughs> in terms of the type of story that he's telling. I, I, you know, as I say, I've gone on about it too much that it's boring, but... Oh, definitely. I, yeah. <laughs> but I like this type of story. Um, you know, I, I'm really into this. And so the fact that he's doing this and the fact that he's doing it in a very ballsy way makes me forgive some of the stuff that I don't think you guys would. What were you saying about Leave the Gentleman earlier? Um, there was a comment on the, the site. By Philco87. By Philco87. <laughs> In? Have you, have you got it there? To be fair, it's not just him. No, it's 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 just the only issue that I have, which is people say... I think Philco said on the lines of... I'm loving this, but I reckon I'd be loving it a whole lot more if this exact story hadn't been done by the League. Which is true to an extent, but come on, it's not like Red Dwarf is just ripping off the League. League of Gentlemen's Apocalypse were not the first people to do a story about characters discovering that they're characters and meeting their creators. Um, I can't, I'm not going to say Back to Earth's original. It's not original in the slightest. It's clever, but it's not original. But if, you, if you're going to pick at it, it's not just a copy of League of Gentlemen. People have been doing this stuff for years. Uh, it's, it's a genre in itself. It's yeah. metafiction. Yeah. You know, it, it exists. So this is just an entry into that genre, in my view. Now, not everyone likes that because it's not very Red Dwarfy. But it was very on the nose, wasn't it? We weren't expecting it yeah. to be quite so much on the nose. Straight from the start. Yeah, straight at the start. It's not the on the noseness that bothers me so much as the speed. Yeah. For me, it was the scene. Uh, I can't remember where exactly they were, but uh, it, oh, yeah, it was when they were with in the DVD department of uh, John Lewis. And price it was crashes. price crashes, uh, smashes, <laughs> and it was uh, it was just too ah now this happens and now we're fictional characters yeah. and now that's fine okay next it doesn't work it they just it doesn't it very work. quickly yeah, like, oh, which okay. which yeah. maybe is to do with my theory about um, the tentacle uh, the squid leviathan ink being some sort of yeah. brainwashing or making you more suggestive it's like uh, the keyboards that Richard Blackwood smells. <laughs> it's similar to Rimmer not following up his query about why there were two holograms. Yeah, but that, that would start to sound like a lazy excuse. It is actually, to be honest. They questioned they or they didn't question it at all, but they in Back to Reality they questioned that a lot more than they mm. did in this episode. Yeah. yeah. So that's like, obviously I think Ian's theory is correct. Mm. But Well you would. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think I find they disagree with him quite a lot. <laughs> but they didn't. It, like I say, it just seemed like, oh right, okay, we're characters then. Oh, I'll be sad for about two seconds. Right, what do we do next then? <laughs> Let's have a look at the DVD. Yeah, yeah, the, the stuff about well. checking the DVD was very good. Also. It's got to be, hasn't it? The DVD has got to be in that box. It had better be. It really had <laughs> better be. Then, then it'll work. Also, the car bug figure in the... Sh yes. Yes. We need a car bug. I'm sorry. I, 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 I broke our no talking during the episode's rule, and I apologise for that. But as soon as I saw the car bug, I was, want one. <laughs> is, there, is there actually an was... old Starbuck keychain as well? Does that exist? Or? I think that was, that that was a... That, yeah. that was a cool I think that was a cool Yeah, we'll get for tape But then there was... I thought when... Behind, um, not Mark Benton, um, <laughs> when he, whenever whenever it cut to him, 
I'm sure there was a Crichton there figure was. behind him. I kept seeing that. Now, unless that was that... I think it was but that looked too small. No, no it, it was it in was proportion. Like and I know they did that build a Crichton figure a while ago, but that it looked too small for that. Yeah, it looked so, like a proper little action did. figure. did, yeah. It looked like sort of Doctor Who scale. Um, what was the name of that comic shop again? It was They Walk Among Us in Richmond. Who the fuck thought it would be... By name. I know, I know. I thought it was going to be, uh, in the same way as it was in space, although it was a different premise, yeah. a comic shop. But the yeah. fact that they referred to it as They Walk Among Us, and yeah. now that makes me think they chose it specifically. Not because it's a comic shop that's friendly to being filmed in, because Forbidden Planet Megastore yeah. don't mind being filmed in, but because it was the comic shop that was used in another TV show. I think that's a bit of meta referencing. I could be wrong, but. Possibly. A lot of the humour sounded very spaced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, some of the dialogue, the dialogue, especially in there with not Mark Benton, that's on now his GNT. I, I loved not Mark Benton's bit on the phone of guess who I've got. Oh. <laughs> that was that was funny. Yeah. That was really. Well, yeah. just maybe that, went on for a couple, to another one. It's like that's one after that Doug's repeating joke mm. in this one because there's not really he does kind of one every series something. Mm. The, we, we've said you know there's not been a huge amount of as a, a lot of the best comedy has been the meta stuff and the pure the gag comedy hasn't been the best but that was a that was a good gag that was yeah. a pure yeah. gag and it was, yeah. in the DVD section of Price Smashers there was uh, either a Muggs Murphy DVD or a Muggs Murphy T-shirt I wasn't sure which it was but there was definitely some Muggs, Muggs Murphy merchandise mm. and a DVD that had um, so I think it was it hard to tell but I think it was Sophie Winkleman's face yes. yeah it was wearing sunglasses or something yeah, yes. yeah. we'll have to check oh, that out above the back to earth yeah, yes. yeah I'm coming soon it's a freeze frame yeah. job I believe yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we've all been doing that haven't we <laughs> uh, Sound of an Object has, has said something it brought me to mind of one of my favourite bits of the episode um Crichton saying that they changed from DVDs to video because they uh, lost so <laughs> yeah. many DVDs from not putting them in their case <laughs> So funny, such a well thought out joke, which is a wonderful back reference. Yeah, I. It is. I <laughs> didn't think the thing with the DVDs fix. in the cases was amazing, but Doug actually sorting out a continuity <laughs> error from Classic Dwarves. A continuity er error that only became an error in the intervening years. When <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get it at the time until it got pointed out, but yeah. But yeah. So that um, makes the whole gag better. But See, does it mean they're going to release Back to Earth on video? Yeah. <laughs> Problem I have is, is, again, that I really like that idea, but I don't think it quite comes across properly. Really? Yeah, I really like the idea when I think Back to Earth. I don't feel it at the time. But it's oh, it was fun. The, the, the only reason it exists is to make us laugh both, both at the joke and laugh at the recognition of of Red Dwarf. It's, mm. it's, a, it, it, it's, it's a joke that fits the tribute two, to Red Dwarf. Two layers, I think, because like if you if you weren't I a big Dwarf fan... <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't a dwarf fan, that's quite a funny gag because it's like, oh, DVDs are the next big thing, but we've gone backwards. It's yeah. quite a funny gag in that sense. But if you're a dwarf fan, you know exactly why he's put it in there. I think, I think that's a frustrating thing that if I take that joke and analyse it in my head, yes, it's funny, but I'm not. You know your problem, John. Time. You overthink things. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Time for a quick comment. Uh, Desi says, uh, "Could Katerina actually be trying to save the crew? Maybe she knows they have to go to the alternate dimension to plead for more life. Is it? I.e., do they know? Does she know that? You know, that's that's what they've got to do in the thing about repopulating Earth with a bluff. Or, she just or, tell them? <laughs> is yeah. The thi maybe uh, Lister will bring back a mate, and it's going to be Chloe and it. 
Yeah. <laughs> As in, not Kachansky, but Chloe and it. Maybe then Kachansky will have some sort of character because Chloe and it's quite, <laughs> a nice, decent person. <laughs> Um, you just reminded me as well of another gag that the pleading with the life another gag that I thought was great how are we going to do that oh please give us more life I thought it was really funny um, going back to the origami um, reference yeah did that look like a little origami squid to anyone else um, I don't know what it, it was meant to be something because it was the same thing both was it, times was it, was it yes. the same thing as, it was as point, Blade Runner though? no uh, in Blade Runner, it's a bunch of different animals, and then at one point, it's something that I'm not going to say what it is because it's a really important plot point. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that bit yet. Yeah. Anyone who hasn't seen Blade Runner, sorry. Potential Blade Runner yeah. spoilers. I don't know if they were squids, but I think they were the same both times. But they, you're right, they could well be squids. Yeah. Uh, Mark100,000 um, says, Toss not loading? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. There was there was a lot of not loading toss in my episode. It just didn't load for me at all. Well, not for me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so far, your comments have been described as rabid, stultifyingly ill-informed. <laughs> so, Who said this? Thanks for those. Anyway, we're degrading a bit. Okay, the cliffhanger. It's the same thing again as yesterday, and mm. it being chopped up and. But, however, the shot of, uh, you know, the big crane shot yeah. down. Oh, yeah, like that was lovely. Yeah. The that, that, that was, was a moment. Get the most out of the location. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You <laughs> kind of almost is. wonder if Corrie is now the hook for episode three. Um, I, you see, I'll tell you what, I understand that to an extent, but doesn't the plot come first? Yeah, no, do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I can't quite. It's very calculated if you do it like that, and I kind mm. of can't quite see it. I know exactly what you're saying. But interesting that um, they said they that we've got to track down the actors, a more than one because we've only seen curry stuff. Are we gonna get scrappy? But we're we gonna get. <laughs> uh, there's not. There's not a time. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm thinking um, that it, it, we're good, they're gonna meet Craig. There and could then... be a really quick montage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, all the rest of them. They do seem fond of montages in yeah. their specials. Mm. Didn't Craig say something in an interview ages ago at the start of this about playing lots of characters that he had been on? Been well, he did say plural. He did he say it in the plural. Rather than just the guy out of Corey. The only thing I'd say is they were still shooting episode six weeks ago and there may have been cuts in the mm. script. Also, how many characters has Craig played on TV? He's presented stuff, but basically he's played Lloyd, he's played Lister, he's played Captain Butler, he's been, <laughs> what, somebody in uh, Prime Suspect? I think he was referring to yeah. Lister as one of the people. Yeah. Lister. Lister I think, well, I don't think we're going to see Lloyd Mullaney as, like, I don't think Craig's going to be playing Lloyd Mullaney, I think he's going to be playing Craig Charles. Yeah playing Lloyd Mulaney. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a it's hard to know how that's going to go because are they going to the set or are they going... Is uh, is this universe that they've gone to a weird composite universe where, where Coronation every, Street is real? Where everything that's fictional is real, hence the Tyrell Corporation being <laughs> in London. Yeah, how which is... That makes everything a bit Jasper Ford. How well, great yeah. is it we don't know this at that, the end yeah. of episode yeah. two? Yeah. That's a really good point. Well, exactly. You've got to admit the, the story still hooks because, you in. Because, to be fair, if it was... If it is like, oh, it's Craig Charles on set, they wouldn't be able to drive their car onto the set. Exactly. 
because um, you can't drive on the Coronation. And you can't. I think walk. that's more likely is mm. that it's the fact that Coronation Street is re- is real in that. Would make yeah. a hell of a lot more interesting. Yeah, because we we've, we've seen pictures of them walking into the Rovers, and as everyone knows, the external and internal <laughs> of the Rovers are. External and internal? Exterior and interior. Yeah. <laughs> and the Rovers are in completely different locations. Yeah. Um, the Rovers' interior isn't on Coronation Street. It's in a studio somewhere. Yeah. In a studio on the back, you know. Just yeah, yeah. Back. yeah. Uh, once again, a uh, character introducing the show. Uh, yeah. River slash Chris Barry at the beginning. Wasn't so much of a brilliant introduction. Except for, as we said before, him saying Starfleet. And yeah. I just wish a nice were, thing to do. I yeah. wish they were a bit longer. With just a quick point about actually thinking about it, him saying, um, the fact that you had Rimmer saying Starfleet in the intro and then it being said later in the episode, and then a line in the episode where they go, that's not us, that's Star Trek. Yeah. Starfleet is from Star Trek. Yeah. Anyone not think there's a no, correlate there? Maybe, maybe it's the, just a slightly the, weird. Everything's uh, kind of getting mean, messed up, and it's mm. all not kind of making sense until the end. And, uh, well, I thought it was a good point, but yeah. sorry, you <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Just to start to wrap up, uh, Necrophile has said part three. I imagine will be even more of a head fuck than this was, and I think we can pretty much agree on that, that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Similar to how we uh, ran it off yesterday, to go down around the room and say, was that better than part one? Yes. It was different, but yes. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Bits of it were, yeah. Bits, Bits of, of you do. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than part one because I got more laughs out of it, but there's also more problems than part one. I'm going to say it was worse than part one. I am. But was it better than part two? Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact I that I've, I couldn't bring myself to say yes straight away is uh, worrying me slightly. No, it was fuck I, of a sight better than the people. It had funny, even ignore the meta stuff and there were funny jokes in yeah. it that were better than people. I so. have a lot better atmosphere off Pete Part 2, but I think logically looking at it, yes, all the elements are better. But when I think I about When I think about this, this Part 2, I think of specific things and I think, ah, oh, that was amazing. But then when I try and think about the episode as a whole, I'm slightly about it. Slightly sad. I feel like I feel like how John felt yesterday, except <laughs> I am seeing more positives in it than yeah, John did yeah, yesterday. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what you think of it, is there anyone here who still who has their interest in seeing it tomorrow lessened <laughs> you know it's no, like we still want to see I, where the hell this is going tomorrow i'm also thankful that they've done that they've done this i'm i'm not regretting the fact that red dwarf has been brought back because i honestly think this is a very worthwhile and mm. um, experiment that needed to be done and i'm really pleased it's happening can we just make the point as well over two million viewers yes. yesterday oh, Jesus. fucking out i mean we don't know what it's going to do tonight but Whatever it does, we've got to expect it to go down because it does. Yeah, yeah. That's just the way TV ratings are. But if we can keep each episode above one million, then it's phenomenal. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah, incredible. Really, incredible. I have very mixed it's feelings incredible. about that two million viewers because I've kind of got a feeling I'd probably prefer what was on BBC Two yesterday. But what, what I got? What I saw. Um, was it golf? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, golf. It was golf. <laughs> yeah. I, well, no. Kind of. Kind of. Coming soon. Putter and tea. Yeah, for what it is, yeah. I'm John, sorry. that is bollocks. 
Yeah. <laughs> you would not you have, would not have to watch the golf. The I don't. Oh, it's <laughs> I don't know. You see, yeah, I, I find I have very. It's all very mixed feelings because when you're so emotionally invested in a show, whatever that show does. You're always interested to an extent. But the like, jokes in the golf are fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, really. It's worth pointing out as well that we are recording these podcasts and our opinions in the most un, unrefined, raw, yes. head fucky, confused manner possible. Yeah. We're, in the coming weeks and months, when we've watched it over and over again and overanalyzed it until it's meaningless, then we'll get our true opinions. Yeah. In fact, that'll be the commentaries we were doing. Really. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, nice. So, until that point, I think we'll sign off until tomorrow. Yes. Thanks once again for listening. <laughs> Love you, bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.